Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hello, just quickly before we get into it, I wanted to explain who Luke is. Um, Luke is the guy I'll be interviewing, um, and he is one of two directors at a company called Next Advisory, which is like an accounting and advisory firm that I did a uni placement with. So Luke is pretty much my boss. Um, <laughs> I only did an eight-week placement with them, but I just don't want to leave them, really. Um, so I've got some cool content for you guys, Luke is an awesome guy along with Phil who will also have on eventually um, and they'll give you all their top tips and advice um, in their lifetime that they can share with us to help us out with our personal finances. So let's get straight into it. Okay, Luke, hello. Hi Sarah. <laughs> Welcome to the One Up Project. Thank you for being here. No worries at all. Um, so as per the title of this podcast, we're going to talk about how to get rich, essentially, Shit. hopefully. What am I here for? <laughs> <laughs> You're the expert, Luke. Oh, well. So, we're going to talk about how to make money through interest and compound interest, basically. You may have never heard of what that is before. I pretty much don't really know what it is either, but that's what learning's about. So, this is going to be interesting. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I want to talk about what con- compound interest is, why it's relevant, how it can help you. Um, how you can use it to your advantage, um, current interest rates, um, and make it interesting and some practical steps that you guys can actually use um, today to help you out for the future, which sounds so cheesy, but honestly, that's, that is what it is. So let's get into it. Um, Luke, what is compound interest? Yeah, well, I've actually pulled up a definition here <laughs> so that I uh, sound like I know what I'm talking about. But Yay. it's the addition of interest to the principal sum of a loan or deposit, or in other words, interest on interest. So put very simply and practically, it's basically when you start with a lump of money and then you get interest added on top of that, then you have your amount that you started with plus the interest that you earned and you don't take the interest out so you, it adds back on to the original amount and then you earn interest on that as well. So mm. some people call it the, the eighth wonder of the world but it's one of those <laughs> things where realistically it's, it requires good habits to start with to be able yeah. to start utilising it. But it, all in all it's basically the concept is that you earn interest and don't spend that money and then you're earning interest on the interest that you've earned so effectively you're not then having to save it because it's not yours because the bank's paid you the money yeah yeah so basically it's a it's a way to earn money without uh having to do anything which that's what we all love isn't it yeah Yeah. it's it's the young person's dream i think um but if you listen to that definition and you're like yeah i am no longer listening to this podcast (laughs) don't click off yet because it is going to be interesting and I think this is super relevant and something that is just an easy way to you know get the one up get a bit further on on your savings and it's it's easy stuff and basic things if you break it down enough so that's what we're the aim is for today um so I kind of want to base the discussion around a calculation of compound interest and how you can turn a starting amount of money into a certain sum by the end of a certain amount of years, so say 20 years or or whatever. Um, And that may sound like a long time to wait, but, you know, all good things take time, I suppose. 
Um, and it's just another thing you can use on, on top of things like KiwiSaver to help you out. And if you are getting, you know, your living costs every week, like I did throughout my entire uni life, then there's no excuses because it's essentially free money until you have to pay it back and you may as well put it in a savings account that's earning you interest. Well, there's a couple, that raises a couple of interesting <laughs> things because KiwiSaver is actually a great example of uh, compounding interest forced because you can't take your money out of KiwiSaver and you don't get the the returns on the KiwiSaver lump sum that you've got in there. Yeah. So they reinvest it for you. So that basically, KiwiSaver is compounding yeah. each year. So say you start your KiwiSaver and you're contributing to it um, and then the government contribute their thousand dollars, five hundred bucks a year now, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and then you earn interest on that, or you get your returns. They add those returns straight back into your KiwiSaver, and it keeps growing the the portfolio. So, on a complete tangent, we're going to see a really interesting time um, in probably like twenty years when there's like a large amount of people who can finally access their KiwiSaver. That's a now a large amount. And a lot of people will be rich for the first time in their lives. Mm. So that's going to be really interesting to see what they do with the cash. And I can guarantee you that the government will put in measures to stop people being able to get the whole lump sum because what will happen is there'll be there'll be a case where someone will get their million dollars or whatever and they'll rinse it in the first yeah. week. Yeah, um, And then people will be like, how did the government let this happen? Yeah, But you always let something happen for them people to say, how did you let it happen? Yeah. To say, we can't let this happen again. So true. There's so, always someone there. Yeah. So I'll I give you an example from when I, when, I, when I finished university and then got my first job. I think I was earning maybe on like 42 grand a year. Um, yeah. And I don't know how I was doing it, but yeah. I was saving, I was saving uh, 500 bucks a, a fortnight. And Shit. yeah, I know, but That's I was so good. I was living in Palmerston North and oh. uh, to be fair as well, I got a travel allowance. So if I went out of town for work, I'd get like a daily rate of, I think of $65. So I'd have like way more money than I needed yeah, because yeah. I didn't have expensive habits or uh, yeah. anything like that. So it was, and living was cheap. So I was saving 500 bucks a fortnight. Um, and in that time, I think maybe I got like a girlfriend or something or who knows what happened, but expenses <laughs> went up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a blur. <laughs> I don't know what, what happened to me, but I stopped doing it. So I run a calculation before um, of what that $500. So if I say $500 a fortnight, uh, fortnightly over 10 years, which it probably was about 10 years ago. And back, back then, interest rates were about 4%. So that mm. that money would... 10 years on be worth uh, 100 and I'm not going to adjust it but so that'd be $159,000 so I'd have I'd have 159,000 in the bin um, and 29,000 of that would be would be interest so wow yeah so that's starting off with essentially nothing putting in 500 a fortnight for 10 years 10 years coming out with over 100 yeah yeah 160 however way over well yeah Let's let's just talk quickly about inflation on that too, because right. if I adjust, that's at four percent. So what's inflation like? Yeah, inflation. <laughs> so inflation's like basically the cost of the the change in the cost of living. So, um, say an apple costs. Well, like I was when I was growing up, you know, you always hear people talk about, oh, back in my day, it was only worth like a, a lollipop was only worth twenty cents, and now that I am like a bit older. Um, a chava chup, I think, did used to cost me 20 cents. And now I get one of the, like, 80 cents. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> Excuse my language. But um, I can't help myself. So, yeah, yeah. So that's just outrageous. The, the cost of living 
increasing as often. So inflation is basically calculated and it's what something costs now that it didn't used to cost basically like what what that yeah. increase is to keep it try and keep it like really really simple but mm. inflation is something to really try and understand as well because it actually devalues your money yeah so say you put here's a good example so say you put a hundred dollars in the bank and they give you two percent interest then over a year you get a hundred and two dollars right let's ignore mm-hmm. tax and then if you put that hundred dollars under your bed you're actually you've gone backwards yeah. because inflation the cost of living when you go to spend that hundred dollars 365 days later it doesn't buy you as much, as much yeah so then you're actually left with less money so mm. however the problem we're currently facing is that interest rates are when you've got money so when you're saving and depositing are so close to inflation that by the time you are taxed on the interest that you make, you and then your money is eroded somewhat for inflation, you're not actually getting that much further ahead. So we're in like a really, really interesting time um, of how important interest kind of is. And I'm gonna be interested to see how younger people respond to that and think, you know, because for an Aucklander, for instance, listening to that, that example of, okay, 10 years, $500 a fortnight, 4% interest, which is way higher than what you can get at the moment, um, adjust that for inflation, you'd be left with 130000 And in Auckland, like in 10 years' time, that's probably not going to be enough for a deposit for a house. So no. people are probably going to be like a little bit sceptical about saving money and about interest and and how it all works when everything's still so expensive out there. Mm, but mm. Um, And I don't think a lot of like young people especially think that this whole compound interest thing is even like possible. They don't get it. Yeah. They, and I think a lot of people are told that oh, don't put your money in the bank because you'll lose it or it's something will happen to it or whatever or that's not the right way to do it when... Yeah. And they don't understand how it works, you know? It's kind of like a disconnect between how it all really works yeah. and what to do with your money. So it just all ends up being kept in your everyday account. Yeah. And, you know, people don't separate it out into different places or they might keep it in the jar in the yeah. wardrobe or something. And like you said, it just, you know devalues well i guess another way to look at it instead of like because compounding is just a concept so instead of you thinking about it as interest people could think about it as like something that they do in their daily life so whether they like when you go for a run and you do 5ks and then the next time you're like oh i feel quite good i can probably go five and a half yeah and you can keep going and going and you're compounding you're adding on top of like what you've already built Mm. so you can use it as like a theory and a principle to aid like other areas of your life too where it becomes like a bit easier because the work you've already done up front is actually helping you do the next set yeah so i think there's a book called the compound effect Mm. that's only like a little small book and it talks about it sort of talks about those types of principles and ties it back to to saving as well which might be worth people having a digging out and having a read of yeah yeah for sure what's that other book by is it napoleon or not oh. Napoleon, but you know, it's. I think that's in the name. It's a really famous business book, and it's all to do with um, how to control your finances, basically. But it talks a lot about compounding interest. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually, um, I don't, I don't know that one. To be fair, and, <laughs> I'm not a big um, reader. I've just started trying to get into it. Another interesting, which I don't know your thoughts on this, but it also talks about um, like only spending cash. Like oh, never yeah. using FPOS or anything because it's easy to swipe a card, but it's harder to pass over like hard cash. Yeah. So then it won't 
it'll motivate you to not spend as much. Yeah, I could, yeah, 100%. um, Because it's just the way that we've been trained. Like, we used to have money and physical money, and then Mm. things have gone. Like, now we're in pay wave, and I guess the, the best way to understand that is that you don't you don't use money in a casino there's a reason that they give you their currency mm. so you buy chips and it's to basically help trick you into to not appreciating the amount of money that you've got in your hand yeah exactly because you'd be a lot less reluctant to let go of 500 dollars of notes Called of your own thing. versus 500 dollars of chips that aren't kind of yours anyway because you've yeah. got to give them back so yeah and to yeah. you seem sort of worthless because it's not like what you usually have in your wallet or whatever so you don't associate the value with a plastic chip yeah. like you would with a real note or something like yeah. that yeah a question for you then do you have a credit card <laughs> i don't have a credit card no i've no. never had a credit card i have a debit card you have a debit card see like so my own money and i've never had like overdraft or really? anything like wow. that which is also another interesting topic that yeah we should talk about but um yeah i've only ever had my own money apart from a student loan and living costs, which I got out in the second half of my degree, which yeah. has cost me now 10 grand onto yeah. my student loan. Well, that's where compound interest also works against you. So mm. people that often end up in financial trouble, it can be that they might have like a short window of interest free. And mm. then after that three months is gone, their $1,000 purchase is now incurring interest at 18%. Mm. And usually that interest will be compounding as well. So then they make no payments and they come to the end of the 12 months and they're like, oh, what do you mean? Like I've now got to pay $3,500. And then the year after, like if they haven't made any payments, it's just ballooning. And that's what's happened with a lot of people that have gone overseas with their student loans Mm. is that the government starts charging interest and then it just keeps building up and up and up. And it's really hard for people to try and unwind that so mm. it's something to be very mindful of um, when you're purchasing like credit card transactions and mm. those types of purchases or finance purchases but your generation seem to be like a lot more onto it with that stuff than like I'm 31 now but we we all had like credit cards yeah um, and it was just like the thing to do and like I still use mine i broke mine in melbourne uh and it was declining <laughs> yeah, and i'm yeah. like oh what have what i done here <laughs> yeah and I'm like, oh there's money on it i promise that yeah. i'm testing that everyone's looking at me like yeah okay hero yeah. um <laughs> but i used it so much that i cooked the chip in it um Whoa. and then they charge you 10 bucks for a new card and you're like what the hell like you're charging me to spend my money that you've got of mine but anyway, yeah crazy yeah but you guys seem to be a bit more savvy about so you avoid some of those credit card traps and stuff i transferred mm. money off a credit card by mistake the other day just picked the wrong account bang cash advance fee 50 dollars. like it uh, <laughs> mm. it's just no going back so they are they're a dangerous trap yeah and i feel like it's a sort of the same like we were talking about the chips when you're gambling you sort of don't associate the money you have to pay back on the credit card with like the the I guess the cash that you need to put up to pay it back sort of thing so when you're spending it you you're not really associating it with yeah. the money you're gonna have to front up later on to pay it all back 100% I mean I remember I was on a girl's trip in Sydney um a couple of years ago and a few of us were just tempted on like in the last few days to just get an overdraft on our account because we just wanted to have more money to spend while we were away. Yeah. And a few of us did do that. And um, I just don't, it's just funny how you don't really think about it at the time because you just want more money to spend yeah. and it's free money, you know, like yeah. 
it's instant is probably a better word and then you don't realize until six months later where you're still trying to dig out of this overdraft hole yeah that at the like you could have survived at the start yeah i don't know it's interesting it's just so like accessible now at such a young age to just get things like that yeah and i think that's a really important topic is and to thing to think about is access to money like having access to money it can be so dangerous like I know a lot of people and even in business when they'll they'll make money they won't actually store it in a visible account to them they'll they'll get mm. rid of it so that they don't so that to encourage their brain to go right I can't rest like I need to keep keep going mm. um, because but most of us we're not really taught like how to have large sums of money so then yeah. naturally it usually comes in and then it ends up going back out and you know, there's this story after story of people that won lotto that end up broke, and that's mm. you know partly because of that. But going back to what you said, yeah, you kind of you're not thinking about the future or the consequences of your purchase decision in the moment, but then you've got to pay for it in the future, and that's the same mm. with saving. Is that you think like, oh, what's the point of saving 500 bucks if I'm only going to get two percent interest like it's it's nothing but it's the that's what the whole thing about compounding is about is like yes but if you keep doing it Mm. then in 10 years time you're going to be like wow i'm glad i did it and that's that's the lesson that i've got because i i stopped doing it Mm. and used that money for for whatever Mm. and if i said like right this is a non-negotiable i have to do this and Mm. there's nothing getting in the way of it now i'd be i'd have you know the 150 grand or whatever we worked out to be sitting there um, but I don't, so, <laughs> so, so don't do it either. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. I think it's also they're so close, like building those positive habits or those negative habits around money. You know, it's so easy to get into the habit of spending money and sort of getting that mindset around. Oh, it's okay because I've still got this much left on my overdraft or this much left on my credit card, and yeah. it's just as easy to get into the habit of thinking, oh, well, I've put 100 and now I'm going to keep putting in money you know I feel yeah. what's the quote and it says it takes 21 days to build a habit or something yeah. if you put that 21 days towards putting two weeks worth of payments into your account it does get addictive I feel like I yeah I've done this like I've got a compound interest account and I know that at the start my interest was like maybe a dollar a month or something yeah and now it's up to eight dollars a month and yeah. that's like addictive for me to see that. So what now I'm just like, I just want to keep putting money in it because I know it's just going to get more and more and more. Yeah. And the the thing is that it's it's making it be meaningful to you. Yeah. So that, because, you know, that in 10 years, so like, you know, that, that 150 grand, if I kept doing that, that 500 a fortnight, like I've still got 30 years to go and I still wouldn't be ex couldn't access my KiwiSaver, mm. um, nor could I, you know, like I wouldn't be able to retire at 65 and, and get the pension if, if that's even still around. But mm. if that if we change that to 40 years, um, all of a sudden, you know, that's that's half a million dollars mm. that that would be sitting there. <laughs> Suddenly, oh, we're inf- thinking. If we get <laughs> so if we if we discredit inflation, ah, that yeah. would be 1.2 million. So it'd be yeah. so you'd have a million dollars. So that's where compounding like the longer you let it go the bigger the return it is and that's where I think it's one of those things where it's hard to to get a habit around it because you think oh this isn't making a a meaningful enough difference of me to get serious about it Mm. but if you can tie 
a meaning to it or a reason to it yeah then that's probably a good way to encourage you to, to keep doing it so yeah. obviously i didn't do that um, <laughs> at about 24 Girls or something it was way. like yeah yeah oh sorry you want to go to the gold coast yeah, yeah. let's do it oh, yeah yeah sure yeah compounding interest would pay for that but, uh, yeah. yeah exactly yeah mm. yeah so find your why around why you want to say find your why yeah and then um, i guess the other thing that gets in the way of it as well or that that does suck a little bit is that you have to pay tax on interest as well mm. and again so usually most people probably be paying like let's say 33 percent let's just go the upper so you earn three dollars in interest well then you lose a dollar and then you mm. then you've got inflation so it is pretty like it is a little bit disheartening yeah. when the interest rates are so low yeah but you don't have to just look at interest rates it might be you might decide like once you build this habit around this that okay i'm going to find a 10 percent return each year so yeah. it might be instead of giving it to the bank like you're going to loan a thousand bucks to a mate for the year mm. and be like cool you have to pay me eleven hundred dollars back yeah at the end of the year and you've got a 10 percent return so you'll mm. start to get creative around i'm not taking this three percent anymore yeah. i want 10 <laughs> yeah and exactly. then you start to move like the what things you can change and that's how much you're putting in the interest rate and the time you do yeah. it for and if you can find a return that's good yeah then that's when it starts to like really balloon if you can consistently generate good returns and that's yeah. like what a lot of um the the kiwi saver funds are doing is they're trying to get consistent growth returns to then mm. keep funding people's retirement and things like that so yeah. yeah it doesn't just have to be bank interest it can be there can be other ways yeah to, exactly to yeah there it. are other ways which um is a whole nother topic and that is really interesting to me as well and i i don't even think the bank is probably necessarily the most like profitable way to yeah save your money but it's probably one of the easiest yeah ways yeah and i think like realistically the habit is what's the most important thing and that's yeah. getting in the habit of saving and then yeah. staying in it you know so like i said not doing what i did and stopping it's it's actually developing a habit early on in life that you can actually maintain mm. and then carry that right through you know your next few decades and, and right through your life and even like reteach and then mm. you probably get to the stage where you pull off some like lump sum amounts and go cool they're gonna sit in my like i just had a child for instance well i didn't but if you, if you did you might be like <laughs> right i'm gonna put 10 grand in an account and let that compound out until they're 21 and when they're 21 be like hey your university's paid for um mm. you know whatever whatever it is that they want to do so yeah. people use like those sorts of approaches as well where they'll slowly kind of um that start with a sum and then compound on top of that and there's some mm. pretty cool math around how long it takes to to get to a certain amount so like have a look online for um compound interest calculators and stuff yeah, like that exactly and there are heaps of them and i think that what can that's what also can get you excited is just looking at what you can like what you could potentially earn in yeah. the future because yeah. it might seem like you've got a hundred bucks now and that's going to get you maybe 10 trouble chops from the dairy yeah. but if you look at dollar 20 by the time yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly by the time this podcast is over yeah. but um yeah when you can actually see it in the long term you know you, you might start thinking oh it's actually worth it to do it um and like luke said you just need to build a habit around it for sure and have the right attitude i think yeah. that's the whole point of like why i want to do this podcast thing as well because it's about building the right attitude around money and helping yeah. yourself for the future. Yeah, and getting into those good habits of even just being involved in KiwiSaver. And, mm. you know, I was I was 
just in the workforce when KiwiSaver was introduced. Mm. Um, and there was so much skepticism because a lot of the, let's call them boomers, uh, were, <laughs> were worried, you know, like, oh, like this will go bust and they'll take our money. We've seen this before. And yeah. really, I think, like my take on it is it's been a way to force Kiwis to save uh, mm. or encourage them to because we're not a good nation of savers or white weren't then. Mm. And eventually it'll get away. It'll remove the pension. So you won't get a pension when you're 65. You'll get paid from your Kiwi saver. Yeah. Um, but I may be wrong, but that's kind of where I think they're going with that because we just can't, we can't keep funding people to retire. We just don't have, have enough resource and money to do that. But yeah, it's been a good way to people to get into the, the habit of saving. And my mum was like, you know, so anti it to start mm. with. And now, mm. like, she's checking her KiwiSaver balance every yeah. week and stuff. It's funny how, yeah. you know, it can take people a bit of time to kind of get on board with some of those things. Mm. But, you know, saving and getting in a habit of it is just the most talked about easy thing to do. But it's mm. actually doing it. How much of your salary can you carve off and go, right, oh, I'm going to mm. save 100 bucks a week or because yeah, what what happens when we have more money is we usually just spend it like you just live to your means and that's what I did as my yeah. salary increased and um and whatnot and I'd only get serious about saving if I had like something to save for and that's yeah. I think the hard thing is that yeah. when you're young you're not thinking oh, I'm going to save for my retirement you're like well yeah. I don't even know if I'm going to get there yeah. like when is that like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're not really it's Care not meaningful enough time. to like save yeah. for and then all of a sudden you're like oh, I want to buy a house and you're like oh you don't have enough money you need to, and you're like oh shit well, I should have like, A I should have been saving more and then B yeah. I need to start saving so like yeah. like we said earlier trying to find the reason for why you want to save and even it might just be for the challenge of, of trying to prove to yourself that you can consistently yeah. save money and not touch mm. it and it doesn't have to be like you know, all your like your week's pay into your bank account. Yeah. You know that doesn't have to be your saving. It doesn't even matter if it's a small amount. It's like we we're saying, the habit of doing it is the more important thing, and and actually giving it a crack and putting some something away, yeah. anything. And if you have gotten into trouble with like credit card debt, and you you're then fighting or like some sort of finance card or whatever, and you're struggling to to pay the the balance, and you're the interest is compounding against you then mm. like go and have a talk to the bank and be like because from for ages i know they were really pushing you could like transfer your credit card from one bank to another and they give you zero percent interest over 12 months and stuff and it was kind of a way to try and get customers moving because credit cards were just such a big thing and i don't know if it is anymore but yeah. like don't don't bury your head in the sand go and speak to the bank yeah. or like someone and be brave and just be like hey I've got myself into a bit of a pickle here with how much I've spent on my credit card. I didn't really understand how it works. I now see that I'm paying $883 a month on interest or whatever that is mm. um, and ask, are there any solutions or can I move like this onto a different type of loan? Um, something like that because credit cards and and finance interest rates are like 18%, 12 yeah. to 18, like it's ridiculous, you know? So you mm. get you get hammered and you, you don't know it because it's the fine print so small, but... You know, if you do, if that does happen to you, then just put your hand up and like get someone to help you because I think most people then get too worried that they're like they're embarrassed that it, you know that they've let themselves be mm. duped into falling into this trap or whatever. But mm. really, you know, there'll be someone that will be like, oh, here's the solution. Like I exactly. did that. Uh, this is what all you need to do: yeah. go transfer your debt to ANZ, and mm. or like, oh, get ANZ to give you a two-month or three-month loan or whatever. You know, there there yeah. will be a solution. So don't just um don't don't let it eat away at you and 
and feel like you're out of control of it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be as difficult, I feel like, as it seems. You know, you can seek advice and someone will know what to do or yeah. have some sort of thing that'll make it better, yeah. um, for sure. So, tying back around to compound interest and getting rich and making money without doing anything. Yeah. If someone is sitting, listening to this right now, thinking, all right, that's it, I'm making an account, I'm starting my journey to coming a hundred thousand year yeah um what do they do so you go to the bank can you just set up any account and then tell the bank or you should be able to do it online i'd say yeah. um these days through your internet banking you need you need an interest bearing account so one that's actually going to give you interest so and check like i'd yeah i'd have the call of the bank and tell them like what you're trying to achieve because i actually got a call um from west bank west bank a couple of weeks ago and i had some money in the account and she was basically just ringing to say, hey, like your account isn't the best account we've got for earning interest. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And it was back, like it was actually from the branch, like back in Taranaki where I used to live. Yeah, that's cool. So that sort of like reviewed my account and be like, oh, like here's a value add for this guy. He's, he could be earning more interest. So um, yeah, I'd get in touch with the bank and say, hey, this is what I want to do. What's the best account that I should have? And they'll they'll have a bloody product for you yeah. trust me <laughs> yeah. because banks are yeah they'll always find a way to clip the ticket along the way yeah 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 so i would um start off the account even do some research like start comparing okay what banks have got what interest rate uh maybe you might not i mean you might be like a bnz customer and think oh well westpac are offering like a bit of a higher rate i might go um, set up an account with them and transfer your money over into their savings account or whatever but it's just one of those things where you just just got to get started and try and like educate yourself on it and actually mm. create a habit around what you're doing and then stay consistent with it and and don't think about the short term like play the long game of like okay what's this money going to be worth in 20 years time and yeah. 10 years time or you know because 10 years seems like it takes so long when you're at school but then when you mm. actually like get out there and get to uni and then get into work all of a sudden you're like shit where did the last 10 years go mm-hmm. and you think like oh well if only i was saving xyz over that time um you know you'd, you'd have the deposit for the house mm. with the aid of interest and and, and returns so yeah mm. take it seriously yeah good advice luke yeah um, I'm preaching here yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so it's as easy as that really people just like start getting amongst just start um yeah because you can just turn you know your 100 bucks into over 100 grand and i mean if you set up an automatic payment that comes straight out of your pay into your account every week you'll hardly even notice it's gone because most of the time half of your money i know for a fact is going on food and (laughs) macas runs on the weekend so just don't even try and say that you can't do it because you can yeah um but yeah i think that's pretty much all the time we've got in I think that was a really good overview of a few things you can do to help yourself out and um yeah build some money on the money you've already got basically so thanks luke for no worries your advice. just add that you've jogged my memory there sarah where i used to have a rabo direct account which was another do you know what that is no i've heard Rabobank, that but i have yeah. no Rabobank idea bank was like a savings bank or a farmer's bank basically and i used to transfer my money from my bank account like my everyday bank account straight into that 
because then I couldn't see it and it was really hard to get into yeah. and you had to like log into this token and if you drew money out of it it would take like four days mm. so it basically created barriers for me yeah. to be able to like instantly get the money so I couldn't be out on a bender or something and just be like oh I'll just transfer that money back over I'll, I'll start saving next week or whatever yeah, so yeah. like put barriers in place as well to try and exactly. stop your bad habits overriding um, mm. overriding you along the way yeah yeah definitely. and then when I did have like I had a bit of credit card debt at one stage and what I'd do is every time I got paid like as soon as it came in or I saw that I'd been paid I'd like I'd just transfer it onto the credit card and then ring the bank and decrease the limit. Yeah. And and I think it's the the key is just to do it first, like you said before, like just just allocate something and then bang, the money's gone. You you can't spend it then. So exactly. It's, yeah. So limiting your ability to make shitty decisions that are gonna yeah. cost you in the long term. Yeah, it just comes back to those good habits, like being proactive and having that discipline. Yeah. And it's it's honestly the small changes I feel that will make the biggest difference for you in the future. Hundred percent. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck to me as well. <laughs> yeah. And me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Luke. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project. And I'll catch you on the next one.